get back. This is illiterate. My name is Evan. My name is Taylor. I read some stuff this week. I watched eight hours of Get Back. Get Back is one of the most epic examples I can point to of the artistic process. And to see this material 50 years on from its creation, put together in this way by such an acclaimed filmmaker, we were looking at the topics this week, the, not the Beatles, because that's that's a bit uh, vast. That, that we could do a could do a four-parter, but somebody's already done that. Yeah. We, I'm interested, we were interested in Peter Jackson's Get Back. And why? Because the, the adaptation side of it, it's sort of a documentary about a documentary, which he described, right. based on something else, but also using the same material as the thing. And so, as you're saying, the why questions keep coming up, also because their whole story has been documented quite a bit. Clearly, such They're a prolific- the act of all time. You know, there's there. I mean, and I was almost surprised when this was coming out before I understood the whole breadth of it because there was a very similar documentary that came out eight days a week, I think. Yeah, yeah. Came out on Hulu just a couple years ago. Fantastic. To put it in context, I don't know about you, Taylor, but I'm not a big Beatles fan. I was not really. My parents weren't into their music. I, you know, it's in popular media, it's used a lot, but a lot of the music on Let It Be, I'd never heard before. Right. This is not just a feature film, which I was shocked. I thought I, when I first heard about this, I thought it was just an hour and a half feature film. So I was confused because eight days a week had just come out and it seemed to really, I was like, wait, hold on. No. Um, yeah. And it is the whole creation of what a album, a TV show, <laughs> a live show, right. uh, all at once. And it is shot over the course of three weeks. Yeah. 150 hours of audio tape, 60 hours of uh, video footage, I believe. Yeah. Um, that's that's quite an, um, an amount of material. And they take you through day by day. They take you down the calendar. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty amazing, actually. You feel like you're going in to the studio and leaving with them. That's, it. that's how it feels. I feel like I need some, like... Uh, written by, you know, additional credits on Let It Be because I was there. <laughs> you were with them. Well, that's what so makes this so wild and weird is it's rare to find stories that are this widely known, certainly in the tabloids and whatnot, but also slightly misunderstood and also have the footage to boot. Right. And that's sort of the why, why now, where was all of this? Peter Jackson spent five years working on this thing constructed from something else that already existed, which is the 1970 documentary, Let It Be. You know, the recording of their final album, although the album was released a month after they had broken up, they had another album before yeah. that, but yeah. I had never heard of the documentary. And in fact, from what I understand, it hasn't even been publicly available since the 80s. Correct, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I I had questions when I was starting the thing. I was just like, what was this all for? Like, there's a director, but he's a character in this. This is bizarre. <laughs> this is bizarre. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, finding out that, yes, there was actually the film was put together and released as a whole other animal um, mm -hmm. and a whole other film in its own right that deserves to exist. And I'm pretty sure they went, I, I, I think from what I understand, they don't reuse any of the direct footage if they could help it from That's correct, the yeah. original. Yeah, and if it is a scene that is necessary, they use alternate camera angles because they right. had a couple cameras that were filming everything. Yeah, part of the reason it is lost, and we'll talk, not lost, but not a fan favorite <laughs> up there in the Pantheon, is it was sort of this depressing evidence of their disillusion. 
and cut down so much, right. like you said, dozens of hours of footage, hundreds of hours of audio. And this version that came out in 70 was an hour and a half or some change. And again, that director, you got a guy trying to create a narrative, you know, so what right. happened over the course of 22 shooting days? Well, there was that one day when the, you know, they yeah. stopped <laughs> and he left. So it makes sense from, you know, it's not necessarily, and nobody's being malicious, but he's focusing on what story is there. I mean, that's a lot of the criticism levied against this is it's so long. It has maybe no, you know, uh, classical structure, that type of thing. but. Yeah, because yeah, the the other one has to whittle it down, and this one gets to show you everything. And in fact, that's only two days in what was you know an entire month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what Peter Jackson finds with it, and we can get into this now, is like by expanding it by showing all the pieces, there is a more upbeat side to this production. It's not just tension, demise, infighting, right. hatred, vitriol. It's laughter and joy and the creative process, which sometimes is not interesting to the layman. But if you're interested in how something gets made over <laughs> over a span it's, of time. It honestly is a joy to to watch. If you're not waiting for like something to happen, to just hang out with them, it's really, really fun to just hang out with them because constantly they are breaking into bits. They're breaking into... <laughs> Cover songs out the wazoo, baby. I mean, they yeah. they know so many songs from their act, their their days on the road, just even before the Beatles blew up. They just will break into anything. They do it in characters. They'll take the song they're working on for their, you know, it could be like the long and one, and they'll do it in like an Indian accent or something, just to like get the get it out of them. You know, like they shake it out like some sort of improv troupe. It's real. It was it was fascinating to watch. I was thinking presently about it. Going like, well, this isn't for everybody. I wouldn't recommend yeah. this to my mom, you know, like I, this isn't <laughs> this isn't for everybody. But who is it for? It's certainly mm -hmm. for a lot of people. And it's not just people who are interested in the Beatles. I think this is a movie that are, is for artists, musicians, obviously, yeah. but artists and the artistic process. It became interesting to in the research to see how negative everything got portrayed. I mean, it, I guess the yeah. 60s are finally losing their boys, you know, so like it's really <laughs> happening. So I guess you have to play it up. But it, it was a joyous time. I'm, who is it for? It's I would say and I'll go out on a limb here. I would say put it on at a party. They're playing right. songs all the time. They're joking. They're laughing. They're they're writing <laughs> beautiful it's a party vibe yeah. known music it's kind of a party vibe to begin with put it on it feels like something that would be on at a museum in the background in a way you know like yeah that's that's how it really came across to me uh if you're interested in artists their yeah. process then hang out with them for a while it's fun <laughs> so, yeah. I, and, and take it in pieces <laughs> yeah one of the artists then the person who put all this together that was infinitely interested in it is peter jackson and how in the world did he get a hand on this? And, right. and all that was curious to Out me. of everybody. I mean, a fantastic pick, but I wouldn't know who to pick, you know? Like, so <laughs> why him? How him? How how him? Yeah, so like you're talking about with this uh, lost, sort of forgotten, let it be documentary. He, he had been a fan of the Beatles forever. He was eight years old when they broke up. So it wasn't like he was tracking them in the 60s, mm -hmm. but his parents were big on them, all that stuff. So he had this fourth generation bootleg of Let It Be, the documentary on VHS. Mm. And they had changed it. It was shot in 16 millimeter and then they expanded it to 35. It's like with internet memes, as they get shared, the JPEG quality goes down. So his VHS <laughs> was just this horrible sort of muddy blues oh, and greens. And like you said, it hadn't, 
it's still not available on home video since the 80s. Well, no wonder he wanted to redo it. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, what happened was 2020 would be the 50th anniversary of this. So Apple Corps, who owns all the footage locked away in the basement, they had planned on doing something with it. And then this is how Peter Jackson's love of it and their desire to do something with it comes together. Mm -hmm. Peter Jackson, who is known for his technological innovations, sometimes they're weird, like with The Hobbit, with the frame rate <laughs> changes, right. but he's always pushing something with film and technology. So he had a project that came out in 2018 called They Shall Not Grow Old. Are you familiar with this at yes, all? Yes. I yeah. did not catch it, but I did hear the buzz around it and it sounded really fascinating. Yeah. So I'll put a link to the trailer in the show notes and there'll be links to all the stuff we talk about uh, for you to look at. But the setup being that his grandfather fought in World War One, and right. this uh, Imperial War Museum in England, I believe, asked him to make a documentary. This is the first time he's doing anything documentary, but mm -hmm. they sought him out for this reason because they had 100 hours of footage, 600 hours of interviews with soldiers in World War I, all these archives, oh, wow. all, everything is over 100 years old, oh, and gosh. say, can you do something with this for us? And so he's on board. Please check out the link because it's amazing the visual stuff is what it gets revered for because yeah. the big thing was this kind of Charlie Chaplin effect because they used hand crank cameras right. to keep the, the film going. Wow. I mean, yeah. you probably know more about this. It's all over herky-jerky or it looks like they're sped up. Yeah, because it's by hand. It's not by a machine. So that it wavers. It flutters in right. and out. It, you know, so it can look, uh, it, you know, it's, in, it's interesting to watch something like that because in one moment, like you're saying, it'll be sped up. And it'll jerk and slow down because <laughs> yeah. that is actually somebody turning. <laughs> and the frame rate that they were using, it was slower. So that's why when you put it on, it seems like everything is a little sped up. So the technology that they used was creating kind of artificial intelligence, machine learning to create artificial frames in between to smooth everything out. That's why every everything back then looks like the, just the, the motion can get mm -hmm. wonky real, real fast. <laughs> yeah. So he did all that. He put a lot of colorizing it by hand. And then the audio soundscape, they hired lip readers and then got voice actors to perform and did all of the Foley, which is all the footsteps and tr tanks and, sh you know, gunfire and all of that stuff. It's just amazing. Now he's a documentary filmmaker. <laughs> he's not just doing Lord of the Rings. So- what happens thusly then is Apple Corps CEO Jeff Jones, who there that's the company that owns all the Beatles stuff, invited PJ to the offices in London because they knew he was working on this World War I film. And the pitch to him is we're doing this traveling Beatles exhibition and we have all this archival film. Could you update it or use the same tech? What are you doing hmm. with that and help us out with this exhibition? So he was interested, but he he asked about this Let It Be movie, because like mm -hmm. I said, he had had it as a kid and said, what are you doing with that stuff? Is that a part of it? And they said, well, that's a separate project. Remember, the 50th anniversary is coming up. Mm -hmm. um, but they said, we had a director on it, and then they dropped out. And so Peter Jackson said, well, I'll do it. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Let oh, me get okay. on that thing. And lo, <laughs> lo and behold, the exhibition never happened. Yeah. But he said, let me look at all this footage that you had for the Let It Be movie, and then I'll let you know 
all of it is from this guy, Michael Lindsay Hogg in the 1970 right. doc. He's the one, he's responsible actually. Like if you want to credit a filmmaker for the footage, he's the one right. who got the 60 hours. I, the- I looked into him because I had never heard of him before, but he ended up just getting into music videos. So he ended up doing this, uh, this grand production uh, just the year before this mm-hmm. with the Rolling Stones. It's called the Rolling Stones and the, and the Circus or something to that effect. Right. And the Rolling Stones weren't pleased with it. So it didn't even get released until the 90s. Oh, wow. But looking at it now, it's kind of shocking that it didn't get released because it looks like big, big rock stuff that was happening at the time. There's uh, some, you know, like some Elton John stuff that looked very similar at the time. So I was Mm -hmm. like shocked that it didn't get released. But um, yeah, this guy who's like walking around looking like a like a baby Orson Welles kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause so his, his situation, 28 years old, hence the, the baby face kind yeah, of Yeah. He's stuff. like smoking a cigar and I'm like cringing every time he does it. I'm like, stop. stop what are you doing? Yeah. You're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're he a baby. Had, <laughs> yeah. He had worked on a British music TV show and the Beatles had asked him to produce some promo films for singles that they were doing. And the big one was for Hey Jude. He brought in regular folk off the streets to sing along with him. I'll post a link to it. And then also a live audience that they're performing in front of. And that really helped in the Beatles' time of need to revive their desire for playing in front of people. And then that's why he became in charge of this, you know, confusing project of, is it going to be a TV show, but we also want live performances and we want, so he's just there getting all of this footage for something. He did work with them. I, I, I love that element of this whole thing because they are along for the ride because this whole thing starts as they're going to do plan A and then it shifts into plan B very quickly. And then wait, wait what is the plan? Are we going to do it at this kind Are we going to do it in Libya? Are we going to do it on a boat? Are we going to do it here? You know, <laughs> right. Oh, so let's move out of the stage and go back to London. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the studio. Um, yeah. You know, it, it become the plan goes awry very, very quickly with just the four guys trying to figure out what they want to do. And it's this production crew that is attached to also helping make all that stuff happen and capturing this. Mm -hmm. And so they're just flying with it moment Mm -hmm. to moment. And so when it becomes obvious, like, okay, we can't do the boat thing there. It's so fascinating to see them in on these conversations and and like trying to like pick up and walk a circus all together at the same time as (laughs) these guys are inside. Like, what if it is this again, that shows you why maybe the original let it be doc became a little more negatively charged because he's trying to find a through line. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's pretty clear now in retrospect. It's a little unfortunate in the eye of the storm at the time because it helps with this notion that things were sour between them much more than there, much, 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 much more than there ever was. (laughs) Right. And so that's a big part of why Peter Jackson is hesitant, says, I want to look at this footage from this guy because he didn't want to make a Beatles breakup film. And this thing right. was already done. So he went to New Zealand with the footage, is waiting for this downfall, looking over it all. But he said he was just laughing and laughing and laughing yeah. the whole time yeah. watching it and said, oh, I have something completely different, potentially a different, not a revisionist take even, but he's like, this is literally just what it is. It was a gas. So <laughs> it's And a, it's it, put together know. in a way that you can't fake it. I mean, it's presented in a way, you know, this is what they're wearing on the day. This mm-hmm. is what was said. This is what happened. They don't, they have much more audio than they have video, but it's still an ama- a mass amount of material in the way that they're compiling. They have to cheat it, quote unquote, in some direction. So they're right. using the backs of their heads for, you know, shots over dialogue audio. that doesn't yeah. have any matching footage. It's obvious, but it still happened on the day. Mm-hmm. Um 
Yeah. He wanted to make sure, though, even with all of the positive things he found in it, that everybody was on board. So he met Paul McCartney at a concert in New Zealand in 2017. In a reversal, Paul was nervous to meet him <laughs> about what he found. But then he's like, no, right. it shows you guys having a good time because it's hard to even remember. And there was so much. It's almost like, you know, you misremember with all of the tabloids and the media. On that point, yeah. I had uh, watched a retrospective with Paul McCartney about a few of his hits. Some of his bigger songs are some some that are more special to him. And one that he had pulled out that I never really heard before came out in 82, not long after the murder of John Lennon, uh-huh. called um, Here Today. And he talked about writing that in his grief in that moment as a milestone to forever um, market his actual feelings for John, which had been come, become so skewed yeah. through all of this that we had just mentioned. Through this time, the breakup, the way the media processed that and sold that to people, it skewed it. And it skewed it even for the people involved. I mean, uh-huh. this is, again, why this is happening is what Peter Jackson found in the footage is them having a lot of fun. <laughs> right. But that's not exactly how they remember it. Yeah. So what's the truth? That becomes very interesting. Yeah. And such a beautiful reason to actually make this is like, well, it's not a breakup film because they're not breaking up. You know, they're not angry at each other. They're actually having an an immense amount of fun. Yeah. It's the slow disillusion of what you want. You know, it's like eventual. That's just life is entropy. Things dissolve. Things break apart over time. And uh, maybe that's that's a piece of it. Yeah. So Peter Jackson is doing the rounds, getting everybody's approval, even- Michael Lindsay Hogg, he shows him. Mm. But then why did it take so long to get this footage from Lindsay Hogg? Why are they waiting for the 50th anniversary? That was my next thought on this. If it all seems lovely and it's fun and everybody likes it, what happened? So a big part was that the 70 film was a dour negative take on it. And he had shown in 69... Michael Lindsay Hogg did the band, the film, which was right. interestingly the same night as the lunar landing, what? had to do massive recuts because there were executives that said there was too much of this or that. And by that time, then when it comes out in 70, they're already broken up and none of the band showed up for the premiere. Oh, wow. Apparently from a story from the Rolling Stone founder and his wife, Lennon and Yoko Ono wept watching one of the sequences when they saw it, like it was, and then after the breakup and all the financial and legal battles that followed, who wanted to put a hand on, on this footage? Right. And you, and you only have, it's the same material. So it's 150 hours of audio, it's 60 hours of video. And you, who, who, who else is going to say, no, 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 that's not what it's, what's in the footage. (laughs) Lindsay (laughs) Hogg was the guy that went out to get this footage. He came back with his result. He focused on the negative things because he's trying to find a through line in the reality of it. Yeah. Who else is there to say, well, no, 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 hold on. You missed this. <laughs> well, actually, it felt like this. No, it comes out and it kind of rewrites history a little bit for everybody. And then then it gives all the fuel for the press to go off in the direction they wanted to go anyway. Yeah. So it just helped accidentally, inadvertently spin up this stuff that then actually really affected them in turn because it seemed yeah. more true than it ever really was. Well, and another thing that I saw that maybe most people don't know about is there was also a technical issue to getting it. So in 1971, just a year later, some employee at Apple Corps stole 140 hours of the audio 
and Whoa. left only the mono single track version that was used for the final cut of the film. So wow. all that stuff was gone. The stolen tapes had hours of sound that was obviously not with the camera footage, but it would be potentially even more interesting because he was hiding microphones and doing all this stuff to get yeah. as much as he could. So at a certain point, Interpol, the European police organization, got involved and they did a sting operation, found it Whoa. in Amsterdam Whoa. in the early 2000s. And See, our yeah. Beatles episode has a sting operation. <laughs> They didn't get it all. They only got 40 of the 80 tapes back, but this wasn't even gotten until the early 2000s. So that's wow. all that oh time God. where it was just missing and <laughs> still, and then found in Amsterdam. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. So all those then create the challenges. And then we're talking about the amount of footage that Peter Jackson is going through. He said three to four hours of picture because they're moving cameras around. They don't just have cameras shooting eight hour days and they're, you know, getting several different setups and whatnot, but then mm -hmm. six to eight hours of audio because it's cheaper to record. So how to even get a handle on all of this? Right. Peter Jackson said it was just a year syncing up the footage. Yeah. And I what that means it. is going through everything, trying to understand the context of it. Yeah. This happened on this day. Okay. This, this was next. This belongs to that day. No, no, no. That's that day. And then can you explain clapperboards? The clapperboard is a really simple thing. It, it's just to, supposed to make a loud noise so that on film, on video, you can see when that noise is supposed to happen. And then when you're listening to it, and particularly when you're looking at the, the audio waves, you can see where that noise occurs. It'll be a big clap. It'll be a yeah. big mark. Um, so that's just to sync up your picture and your sound in one fell swoop. So then all of this is an editor's hell because there were no clapperboards for most of this. Because right. they didn't want to disturb them and they're in the middle of rehearsal. And oh, yeah. And no, so. they're like hiding behind amps and stuff. Like they're getting <laughs> out of the way. They're on Zooms. Like it's, the, the, it's yeah. again, this is a whole other dimension on top of the Beatles band, like artistic process. You have Hogg and his whole crew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So a lot of this then sinking, why it takes so long. It's like, we just got to get a grip on what even we have and right. then also Again, we can't, so the, yeah. back to what I'm saying about Hogg and his process, he's the only person that was him and his editor at the time are the only people looking in this material. It's taken, you know, 40, 50 years for somebody <laughs> else to like, okay, let me take on footage I wasn't there to witness. I don't remember the thing that happened. Let me go look at it. Yeah. He's, got, he's taking it blind. He's time traveling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I, you, when you say a year to go through all of this, it uh, sounds about right uh, <laughs> to go through all of this, categorize all of this so you know what moments are what, what actually syncs up to what, yeah. what you have footage for. What, what do you have coverage for? What do you not have coverage for? Do you have an image for this or not? Yeah. So for this first cut, just the rough cut, Peter Jackson said of like, let's just get as much as we can of each whole day that sort of tells a story that we have picture to go with the audio so we're not just going to cut to a black screen. And like you said, sometimes if we can fill in the back of somebody's head or a wide where we can't really see what they're saying, we can put that in right. there. But this first initial thing that he has is 18 hours that they bring it down from 60. This is their first major yeah. cut and it gets all the days. This then becomes part of the new technology that they employ, which like I said, is PJ's game. He's on. <laughs> what can we do with new technology? <laughs> The big mm -hmm. thing is the audio. So the first thing, which has been around for a while, spectral editing, and there's an app that you can even buy on your phone for 35 bucks that helps. Uh, and basically what it is, is like he calls the process demixing and they have a whole nother thing that's even more deep machine learning 
that gets better, but basically you teach a computer what each instrument sounds like, what the vocals sound like, because they only yeah. have one audio track, and then you can extract the tracks so you have yeah. the one person's voice. It j it's hard to yeah. explain, but it sounds like magic, where it's like... It splits up the tracks into what's what. That's so you interesting. Just, That's yeah, you have Ringo slamming on the drums, but you only hear the vocals. You can separate them, even though it's just one waveform. It's just one thing. How do you get... Just this one frequency, oh, we can split it to the six different things that are that are coming through here is pretty crazy. And like That's I said, it, it, it can be done and it's been done before, but I guess the technology that they're doing and with machine learning, the more data you give it, the better it gets at figuring out what's what. Yeah. I had seen, there's a Beatles podcast called Things We Say Today, and I'll post a link to this because it's worth looking at. Hmm. And uh, they, they've been running this, I think there's 300 something episodes now. They talk about the Beatles every week. And Peter Jackson is on this podcast. It's a four hour podcast. It was funny because he asked to be on it because oh he's, my gosh. Yeah, he's such a Beatles fan. He's like, I listen to you guys every week. That's I don't, incredible. he's like, I don't have anyone to talk to about this. <laughs> like, Aww. he's like, I talked to my editor, but like, I'm so in deep. This is like a therapy session to Aww. like chat all this out. So it's amazing. I found this and I'll post links to the specific time codes because it's four hours, like classic yeah, Peter yeah. Jackson going as long <laughs> as long as possible on it's something. Got to decompress after looking at this footage for three years. Yeah. So he he puts in there, which I couldn't go back to it. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't find any other uh, evidence of this online except for in this podcast. So give them credit for for getting him on this. <laughs> he said he wanted to be on it, but that's so funny. Um, he he shows the song they did. I've got a feeling the mix where they're all incorporated and then the technology that they worked on that pulls it out and separates. So it's just the vocals, just the drums, just the yeah. guitars, all of that. So I'll post a link to that. But more interestingly, in this podcast, they talk about the conversations because that's just the music. Like you said, there's so much music in there, but they're, they're also talking all through this. Peter Jackson was saying there was a time, and this was only six months before the release where the movie that they had had 2,000 subtitles. And because oh of this technology, they could cut out 1,500 of those in what wow. they're doing. Because he was saying the story is really in the conversations. You can have the music in them, but really you want to hear what right. they're talking about in all of this. And right. as you had said, Michael Lindsay Hogg is in the in the midst of it. And they, they were even a little bit antagonistic to him because they're aware that he's trying to record private conversations. And <laughs> John and George in particular were using their instruments to obfuscate what they were talking about. And so they would yeah. be strumming, not even anything. Peter Jackson was saying just like, bram, 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 while they're talking. So you see the footage, but it's only just loud guitar, but you know they're talking about something. Right. So with where they can separate the musical tracks, oh, he was also able to isolate background noise and sound. Yes. So 50 years of tech later, he can sneak and peep on what <laughs> these private conversations were. Gotcha, John. <laughs> and again, in this podcast, Peter Jackson shows like what that difference was between what you wouldn't know in wow. the just watching no. it. The, oh no, there was never a moment while watching it where I thought, oh, they really had to clean up that audio, right? Not, or not once emphasize or or take away some of the background stuff so that you could hear. No, I, it all sounds like it's from the same source. It's all incredibly clear. It sounds like it was just a role intentional for just you know they had a mic there. Yeah, <laughs> but just six months before. 
thousands of subtitles that they would have had to have. And Peter Jackson was like, oh my God, even if it's the most interesting thing, you just get tired of the, it, it doesn't yes. matter. So yes. It makes such it. a big difference. Yeah. I, I mean, that presentation, like I'm saying, like all of these conversations, it's that indistinguishable, the quality of it, right? And the context of it, mm-hmm. that's a different experience. You're talking about having to read through all this while John's Wow, I'm really, really, really thankful for that because that's that's that changes the whole experience. Yeah, for sure. It's 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 wild that they were able to put that together in almost the final hour of getting it done. So that led me to the last little bit, and we you know you brought it up the length of this thing versus what it's based on and what all the footage was there, but the thing that came out in '70 was a normal feature film and you had said, oh, this is going to be a normal feature film. So sort of what happened? Right. What happened here, Peter? We know you like extended cuts. <laughs> <laughs> what What's going on? So it was all determined that this would be a theatrical release and that was announced in March of 2020 and it was going to be released in September. And so that was the plan. Of course, we know March of 2020, production shut down, everything mm-hmm. changed, release date switch. And so somebody had asked him in an interview I saw, they were like, well, when March came and they had the release date, did you have a two, two and a half hour cut that you were working through? And he was like, no, it was eight hours at that stage. Oh, wow. But we knew by September, we've got to get it down. But he said he was not liking this situation from the beginning and really should have done the math before because he was thinking, okay, we want to release the full rooftop performance, right. which we have, because the other one cut it down to just a couple, uh, not a couple minutes, but it wasn't the full thing. right? And then he said, so cut that out of a feature film. Now we have 22 days, just simple division. That only get, leaves us two and a half minutes per day with the final concert. Right. We can't even- not, no, that doesn't- We that can't does even show do. them doing a full song <laughs> in the day yeah, no. with what they're doing. So with then- pandemic and changing things up and maybe it's not going to theaters disney said six hours it'll be a three-part miniseries right put out a press release for that and he says sounds good we'll work to that but then a certain portion of the way through he's like even if it's this a lot of this stuff is going back to the vault never to be seen again this is the last time and god i've been working on this for years if this doesn't get used now yeah will it ever yeah. Will anyone ever see it? Will it take another 50 years for the next Peter Jackson to pull it out of a goal? Like, well, you know, they didn't use all this after let it be. I'm not going to reuse any of theirs. Yeah. Uh, like, or it's like, so he's like, this is probably going to be the definitive thing. It's the long thing. Put right. it back in. So then they reworked it again back to an eight hour ish situation where each That's piece awesome. is two and a half, 240. Yeah. It was the tone of it. And then Peter Jackson is so right. The tone of it is not is not what people would have expected to or familiar with it, but it's certainly not what I was expecting going into it. These guys are fun to hang out with. It is a, it is a really good time. And, and that changed the whole thing for yeah. me. Um, yeah. And it, it, he said, nobody said boo to the eight hour thing, Disney or it's like, right. So be it. This is what, this is what it needs to be. So he, he also said he didn't get a single note or request to remove or alter anything content wise, which then you'd wow. also think, like we talked about with Ghostbusters, it's like that took a billion years because there's all these fingers in the pie saying yes and no to this. Right. And this is on like, no, this is not a like a small deal because we are talking about Disney. 
And we mm. are talking well, the about one thing, smoking yeah, so I did and see, drinking and cursing and all that yeah. kind of thing. And as far as as far as I know, they kept as much of it in as they, as was true. You're right. Disney did have one pushback where they said no swearing in a cut, and he and then everybody, Ringo, Paul, George Harrison's wife, they all pushed back and said no. Yeah, we're also not swearing in excess or yeah, no, sexually I, I, gratuitously I know, or yeah, whatever. No. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's doing anything crazy offensive. It's just, it just it's very normal, mostly How <laughs> conversation. You talk, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it is what it is, and it doesn't come off as peculiar. Nobody's going. Nobody's gross. Nobody's mm-hmm. mean. Nobody. It's nothing like that at all. Um, but I, the fact that I can click on Disney Plus, skip into the middle of episode, and see John Lennon smoking a cigarette, going <laughs> you like. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty big for Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. beat me at it. <laughs> no, I will. <laughs> um, yeah, so all that leading to this final takeaway of this, the criticism that people might have, it's long, but it shows the the meandering process of creation. Therein, as you're saying, also lies the the why and the benefit of it. If you could be an eight hour fly on the wall for one of the most important creation, teams, collaborative things. That's what it is. It's a simple drift. You know, it adds more complexity to what was, oh, they broke up. It really humanized it for me, man. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't come into it with a bunch of pretense for who they are and their body of work and all those sorts of things. But, you know, they are who they are. And as soon as it starts, I'm real. I'm going like, oh, this is cool. This is this is really chill. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, this feels like hanging out, and they might as well be in their garage, man. Like, it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty incredible to just like have a, a point of view in the room as these things are emerging, and then to really bring it back down to, well, I'm you know we're just here, you know they've got coffee over here, yeah. I'm just <laughs> hanging out. Well, I'm waiting on John. He's not, in, you know, they're not here yet. Camera's setting up. It's so so human. Yeah. And I and from an artist perspective, I hope that it would be in you know in wildly uh, inspiring for any aspiring uh, musicians yeah. and artists to see that this is just a normal process, and you have to sit down and you have to beat it out and you have to combat and you have to you know there is some conflict. There's some moments where it doesn't go right. Well, let's see them really actually hashing out a song, a whole album. Oh my God. Yeah. But it's in the middle of they might be breaking into some like 1950s like hoedown. Like it's <laughs> they who knows what's gonna come out of their mouth next. But they're yeah. they're trying to they're trying to push the creativity just to emerge. And they're all, at the end of the day, they're just playing. But I, I grew a great respect for each of them individually as to what they brought to the process. Yeah. Um, they're all very different. Uh, and it was in- interesting to see them work and move together and everything that they each brought is so different. Well, I'll post a link because you had alluded to, I had seen article upon article, like if, if you don't want to watch eight hours, but you want to get a flavor, like just watch this this little piece. You had mentioned McCartney starts writing and it's the titular get back. He's just riffing because John Lennon's late and the other guys, one of them's yawning. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, he's just throwing down a riff, you know, <laughs> muttering gibberish. There's not even lyrics. It's kind of the messiness of it, but it's also like yeah. he's trying to remember it. And that's part of the right. artistry. It's like he's finding it. He's letting it appear. He's try- he, he he had already written Get Back and he's trying to remember what it was. But he, no, that's him writing it then. And you <laughs> yes. see the spark in the other guy's eyes when it's like, oh, he's onto something. And then we're off to the mm-hmm. races and we're adding what can I do? Oh, can yeah. I add something? Oh, does this fit with it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll post the link to that clip because it is really just, I don't think 
people had seen that before. And it really encapsulates the whole kind of thing in micro. So yeah, it's definitely. If you're uh, trying to start a band, watch it. It (laughs) humanizes the whole process, you know, like, and for it to really make it feel less uh, big was a really great takeaway. Yeah. There's even one thing that uh, that's interesting about this is this is so much as the their career coming to a close is they recorded Abbey Road months after this. Yeah, yeah. Which is fascinating to like contextualize this. This happens in January 1969. Mm-hmm. Abbey Road, uh, September. That's what they're saying. It's, it's the beginning of the end. This isn't. Yeah. What it, it was. It, it's, it just came out in '70 after they had already exactly. Broken up. Yeah. It's so it's it's. It's just fascinating to contextualize all of this and then to get this point of view, such an intimate, beautifully presented point of view. Again, put it on at a party. It'll do great. (laughs) All right, Taylor. Thank Thank you you so much. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We couldn't do this without you. Really appreciate it. At AlliteratePod on Instagram, let us know what you're reading. Let us know what you're watching. Is there something coming out that you're interested in? Uh, you never know when we're going to do an episode based on that thing you want to know all about. So yep. get in touch. Until then, catch you next week. Yeah.